little ones, the Sleep Manual Podcast. Welcome or welcome back to our podcast, The Sleep Manual, a podcast dedicated to your baby or toddler's sleep with new episodes out every week. I'm Nikki and I'm here with my little one's co-founder, Amanda. Hi. We started Little Ones back in 2016 with the goal of helping families with their baby and toddler's sleep and over the last seven years we've helped more than 300,000 parents just like you. So if you need a hand with your baby's sleep, we would love you to visit us at littleones.co. Right, in today's episode, we are answering your sleep questions. Yes, we are. We get asked questions about sleep nonstop. And so mm -hmm. today we thought we'd grab some of our more common ones and give you guys some detailed answers. We do reply to your comments and messages on our social media platforms. So if you ever have any questions, please jump on there and ask. We'd love to help you. Mm -hmm. Right, let's dive in. Right, question one, Amanda. Oh. Should my one should my one year old still be having milk every two hours overnight? No. <laughs> Stop it. No. No, they so at the age of one, your one year old does not need milk to get through the night. They don't physically need milk anymore overnight to sustain their calories or you know they should be on a good few meals a day and if the, you are giving your toddler at this age milk overnight you'll find that this will actually affect your daytime solid feeding and you'll probably find that your baby going into a toddler isn't eating that much and it will be because of this so mm -hmm. make sure that you are weaning it down but first of all, the easiest thing to do would be to check what they're doing nap-wise because it could just be a simple switch around of their naps or maybe just cutting down some daytime hours um, of actually, sleep. We yep. probably should add there that just because your toddler is waking in the night, and this might have been something that they've always done or it's a new thing, it doesn't, well, you're, just because you're baby of any age is waking in the night maybe with the exception of very new babies it doesn't always mean that they're hungry and no. i think this is really the answer to this question is perhaps you're you're probably giving your little one bottles because they're waking and you think that that's what they need and like amanda said now the calories are around the wrong way but they're probably not waking for milk necessarily yeah but or, or they actually might eventually actually start waking for milk because they aren't eating enough during the day yeah, because yeah. they're having milk at night. So it's a yeah. bit of a, a vicious cycle. So yeah, so you do need to check what is happening during the day. Now, the first thing I would look at is their nap structure. This is possibly mm -hmm. causing the waking at night. Um, so have a look at what they're doing. If you need further information, make sure you check out our app. Um, we go through exactly the perfect naps that a 
baby of any age actually requires. So, um, and especially coming up to one through to 15 months, 18 months, there is a bit of a transition period there. So it is tricky on transitioning from those two down to one naps and depending on the way that your naps are arranged too. So if your baby is having a longer nap in the morning and then only a short nap in the afternoon, it is a tricky period. But yeah, as I said, check that nap structure first because it could just be an easy fix for you there Mm. and let's hope it is the next thing nikki maybe you want to talk about if your baby actually can't self-settle or if they're using the bottle to settle back to sleep maybe so every every two hours overnight or maybe it's not even a bottle is it it could be just well yeah yeah Uh, every two hours a wake of every two hours every overnight is straight away an indicator that your little one has a settling issue beyond being a very brand spanking new baby (laughs) there's no reason that your baby should be waking every two hours overnight unless they cannot self-settle and particularly at this age that becomes so important because what's essentially happened is they don't know how to go to sleep without you feeding them and so you know, maybe like Amanda said, they are now genuinely hungry when they wake because their calorie intake is all happening overnight instead of during the day. But at some point, they started waking because they cannot settle themselves back to sleep and two hourly wakes is in between every single sleep cycle. So you really need to, first of all, look at their daytime naps and make sure that yeah. their daytime naps aren't sabotaging the, the success of their night sleep. Then start trying to bump up their calories during the day then start looking at self-settling and getting them away from feeding to sleep and, and you being can, able to fall asleep on their own quite an easy way of weaning down some of the feeding overnight to ensure that your child will naturally start taking more calories during the day is if they are having a bottle to reduce the feed by 30 mils or one ounce every three days and this then gives your um, baby the chance to increase that food intake during the daytime instead of at nighttime if you're Mm. breastfeeding then you reduce the feed by five minutes every three days so that is roughly about the same sort of milk intake so making sure that they are actually taking their food calories during the day will help Obviously, that whole nighttime waking, but as Nikki said, nap structure, self-settling is the first thing. Mm. Well, the things that you also need to check for sure. All right, let's move to question two. Question two. My newborn is wide awake at night after a feed. Do you have any advice? Mm -hmm. (laughs) We have have lots of advice, in fact. (laughs) Yep. Did I write this question? (laughs) So newborn, this is a bit of an ambiguous question because a newborn we class as from anything from zero through to three months old. However, as we know, babies change dramatically through Mm. that first three months. So if you are looking for advice on awake times, and nap lengths during the day you need to look at the individual week that your baby is because what works for a three-week-old or a two-week-old might a hundred percent will not work for 
a 10 week nine old. week old yeah and now yeah nine yeah. week old so those awake times and nap lengths are just so important to make sure that you have them right because otherwise they will be awake at night time so what amanda's saying is that if your little one is staying awake at night for a prolonged period of time it is because there's something wrong with their daytime nap structure they haven't been awake for long enough during the day and they've got to reclaim some of those awake hours and it's happening in the night which is not very convenient for the poor tired parent no or the opposite could be that they've actually been awake way too long Mm. during the day and whether this is in between naps or just total awake time is too long during the day and that has made them then overtired and this won't necessarily mean that they'll be awake for long periods but they certainly will be awake They'll be wakeful. Probably grumpy and unsettled and super grumpy. Whereas an undertired baby who who hasn't had enough awake time will probably be awake but relatively happy. Happy. They're not going to be awake and grumpy. Another thing that I think parents of newborns, especially if it's your first child, that they just don't even think about is, and I was guilty of this, is during the night when you're up tending to your baby, keep the lights off. Yeah. You know, if you're turning on the lights, even if you've got a nightlight in their room or a lamp because that's what Pinterest told you you should have in your beautiful nursery and you're turning that on in the night, like it's bright. It's stimulating your little one. It's saying to their very immature body clock, hey, the light is on so it's daytime, so it's time to be awake. It's not sleep time. And then you're wrestling against, you're wrestling with their body clock to try and get them back to sleep. So keep everything dark, like use as little amount of light as you possibly can. This actually happened to me last night. My, it did, it 100% happened to me. Seven-year-old newborn baby? With my (laughs) seven-year-old who was throwing up every hour overnight. So at one of the times that she woke up, I went downstairs because she, she at that point needed something to drink as well. I went downstairs but to find the drink, I had to turn on one of the lights in the kitchen. So I turned on the light and I filled up her drink, did some things. And I'm obviously also talking to her as well. She's very sick, so she's going back to sleep straight away. But I went back into my bed. And of course, of all the times that she was up in the night, that was the one that was the longest for me to get back to sleep. Yeah, so it... It is a cue to wake up and your brain will stay awake. Mm, with the light, yeah. With the light and talking as well and food as so, well. So any yeah, of those three it. things you don't want to do. So if your little one, especially, as, well, at any age, to be honest, if they're awake in the night, keep the lights off. Keep yeah. the lights off and have a look at what's happening in their day. Yeah. Oh, Try well, this links, this, this links oh, yeah. into our... Next question, Amanda. Question three. What age do you recommend making babies' rooms dark? All ages. We talk about <laughs> at every age. We talk about the dark so much. Like we've broken records about because I'll tell you why. Because it's so effective, but it's so easy. Like yeah. it's such an it's not like you're teaching sleep training to a three year old, which is like hard and 
devastating and it's long and it takes ages. The dark is something you can do like right now and it will yeah. only ever improve your little one's sleep. So we talk about it a lot. We're a little bit obsessed. If you think about it though, like humans, when, you know, when we were cave people, we didn't sleep cave out. Dwellers. Cave dwellers. We slept <laughs> in the cave. There were no external lights, you know, no. it wasn't a thing. Our body clocks are just designed to be dark mm -hmm. at night, you know, to sleep in the dark. It is just so important. So it's just if how you, it is. <laughs> it is how it is. So if you aren't going to sleep your ba your newborn baby in the complete darkness for naps and night sleep, then we at least recommend that you start from eight weeks old because mm. otherwise you will 100% notice that your naps become shorter mm -hmm. during the day and they will start catnapping even more so than what potentially will happen through the four-month sleep regression. Mm -hmm. So the dark is super important and the reason it is from eight weeks old is because the maternal melatonin which your baby had got from their mother um, has worn off at this point. The mm -hmm. eight-week age, it's completely worn off. They need to produce melatonin themselves now, and they can only do that in the dark. So, and I'll tell there you this, it is. Your, your, ba your baby started sleeping themselves in the dark, in the womb. <laughs> yeah. Your baby was like... 100% of the time. They were even away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's never too early to, to use a very dark room for your little one sleeps. Let's right. move on to question number love, four. I'd love to. Love to, Amanda. Love to. So how do you settle your baby to sleep without feeding? This is a good Ooh. one. You can answer this you one, just, Lucky. You just don't feed them to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> just take it away. No. Oh, we sound so ruthless. <laughs> I know. We're not. We're nice people. So the very first thing we would always say if I mean, feeding your baby to sleep is very easy and it's a pretty natural thing to do, especially when they're little, little, and they can only stay awake for such a short period of time. And they're going to fall asleep when you're doing anything, really. And feeding takes ages and they get exhausted from it mm. and it is quite hard to avoid. But but the older you are, Unless you have gets, a baby with reflux and then no, they 100% never screwed forever. go to yeah. sleep feeding yeah. because yeah. they just physically so can't. Yeah. But the older your baby gets, the older your non-reflux baby gets, the more this can become a really severe sleep association and they're like addicted to it. So they will only be able to fall asleep if you are feeding them. So we do get asked this a lot. How do you get them to sleep if you're trying to move away from feeding them to sleep? And again, the very first place we would start it would be making sure that they are perfectly ready for sleep because feeding your baby to sleep is an easy way to get them to sleep almost at any point. They might not even be completely ready for sleep yet, but they'll probably fall asleep because it's a soothing, sleep-inducing yeah. act. So perfectly ready for sleep means they've, had, they've been awake for the right amount of time. It means they haven't already overslept that day, so it might mean capping their naps. It means making sure that if they're young, that they're swaddled or and that they are in a very dark room, they have loud white noise. So that's the very first place to start with perfectly ready for sleep. Set everything up to be perfect for sleep. Then depending on the age of your baby, so if we're talking about a younger baby, there are many ways that you can 
settle them to sleep without feeding. In fact, we would always suggest just chucking them in their bed and seeing if they'll go to sleep. They might if they're that ready for Not sleep. Not literally chucking. Right. <laughs> no, <laughs> gently and lovingly placing them in their bed and they might just go to sleep. Alternatively, we have a really great settling method, which is called side settling. We have videos on our social channels and our app on our YouTube of how to do this. Essentially, you hold your baby in their bed on their side and you rhythmically pat their bottom pretty fast. And you've got the loud white noise playing, specifically our shh sleep track, which is available on all streaming platforms. And they go to sleep. And in this day, this starting- works. This works really well if you're trying to work away from feeding to sleep yes. for any baby under around four months old. Over this, they become yeah. a little bit more sort of nosy yeah, and a bit harder. So there are other methods. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, essentially, you're also teaching them by using this method that their bed is the place in which they fall asleep, not on you, yeah. not while they're feeding. But you're still responding to them in a very hands-on way. You're still soothing them. If you've got a baby older than four months, it does get a little bit more complicated because those sleep associations are pretty ingrained. To be fair, I don't think we have time to go through all of our methods here no. and now, but if you if you do have a baby in that age bracket, definitely have a look on our app because we have millions of methods because it's all dependent on your baby's age and their sleep association and their temperament and, their and temperament. your parenting style. Yeah, but it can be done. It definitely can be done. So if your baby is feeding to sleep and it's something you want to move away from, yes, we can help you. Right, Amanda, question number five. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this, this is a good interesting one. Why does my baby nap for longer when they're napping on me? Because this they're is... trying to prevent you from having a shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's a couple of reasons why this might be happening. So the first would be that they aren't actually ready for sleep in the first place. As we, as Nikki just talked about before in the previous question, that you know, you're doing something generally when they're napping on you. You are actually physically doing something first of all to get them to go to sleep. So you might be jiggling or you might be like bum patting them or you might be rocking them Um, or have been feeding them or have been feeding them Mm. yeah so all of those things are actually settling your baby to sleep first and then they're staying on you obviously so when they're staying on you what is happening is they're using you as that sleep association you were there holding them settling them when they wake in their uh, sleep cycle you're still there and they're obviously the going back to sleep. sleep yeah, them. yeah. So, but first of all, those awake times, check that the, your nap lengths and everything is right because it could be a bit of a tweak there that you actually need to just cut down some wake time or maybe add some sleep during the day. So that could be why they're going to sleep and staying asleep for, on you the, for the first part. The next part, which is a common one, is wind. Sleeping mm. upright helps wind definitely not as comfortable lying on your back in a safe sleep position when you've got wind even you know if you think about yourself if you've got a really crampy tummy then you're going to roll on your side and sort of curl up in a ball so one um, word one word bread bread (laughs) three words too much bread and that's how too much bread feels (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So too much bread for Nikki. (laughs) 
but it's just so good i know it is good okay so the, being upright helps it also helps babies with reflux so babies mm. with reflux will enjoy sleeping upright and sleeping on you especially because you're comforting you know the, this is the, you're there your heart beats there all of those things are mm-hmm. fantastic and great but it might not be sustainable for sure so linked to your baby sleeping upright is is also that when they are sleeping on you like that there is a pressure you know pressure on their tummy it's like it's kind of like a weighted blanket you know how that activates our parasympathetic nervous system and it calms you down so when your baby is sleeping on you it's usually on their tummy and so that can be for some babies a really a more comfortable way to sleep Obviously, it's not safe for them to sleep in their beds on their tummies. But what we can do is sort of replicate that feeling by using a nice tight swaddle. Because that's mm. essentially what a swaddle does. It's, it's the same as what a weighted blanket does in an older child or an adult. And it's like giving them a hug. It puts pressure on like all of their body, which actually initiates a calming response. So we can actually replicate this entire situation by using a swaddle so that they get that nice pressure on their tummy that nice huggy feeling obviously they're sleeping on their backs and their beds because it's safe but we can also uh, use white noise to help replicate like Amanda was talking about your heartbeat or your breathing and those kind of relaxing comforting sounds as well so if you want your little one to stop napping on you (laughs) for for some of their naps or for quite so long um, or encourage them to nap for longer in their own bed definitely Mm. these steps should yield some success yep all right let's move on to question number six nikki how long should my three-month-old baby stay awake for this is a super Mm. common question because we've gone from newborn all of a sudden they're supposed they're not a newborn anymore and we as parents especially first-time parents all like Mm. all of a sudden, holy moly, what's my sleeping doing? newborn? Because what people, so, and I was 100% guilty of this, and we've also talked about this quite a bit, is people just get stuck in this pattern yep. of, this is my baby's current sleep thing and it's working, so I'm not going to change it. And, you know, it might have been working for you when they were six, seven, eight weeks old, what, however long you were giving them as an awake time, what their nap times were, and then suddenly you're a month six weeks down the track and their sleep is regressing and it I mean it is a tricky age for sleep at this age three four months starts to get a bit gnarly but yeah (laughs) we also need to be staying on top of their changing sleep needs which are very like they change week on week at this kind of age yeah so for your three month old baby we are looking at generally around two hours of awake time between naps and that includes feeds it includes diaper changes it includes tummy time and all of the things you want to do with them when they're awake so we would generally say well to be honest at this age I would it's kind of two hours is the minimum really Mm. you definitely don't want more than two hours 15 ish because they're starting to get overtired but I'll tell you this much less than two hours is going to mean that they are more difficult to settle to sleep because they're not ready. And they're potentially only catnapping and maybe waking more overnight. 
Yeah, like, or maybe you haven't realised that they are actually waking overnight because they seem like they need to go to sleep after an hour, an hour and a half during mm. the day. And then you haven't sort of linked that this is actually, you know, they're super tired during the day because they're awake re- heaps at night, you know. So yeah, we need to remember that sleep and the total sleep is actually in a 24-hour period and we can't sort of... 12 hours of that overnight so we need to look at through the day breaking that up so we've got those two hour naps i'm sorry two hour naps wouldn't that be nice (laughs) two hours between naps but you need to also look at your total day sleep and look at Mm. how much they're sleeping that they're not sleeping for eight hours during the day cumulatively you know you need to make sure that that is correct as well to ensure that they'll sleep really well at night time all right question seven oh seven why is my four month old only napping for 30 minutes well the answer is in the four month old (laughs) wow yeah (laughs) So you've got you've got a four month old. Now we have an entire podcast on the four month sleep regression. So if mm. you want to check that one out, go back a few um, episodes because we do an entire podcast on it, and it is yeah great information. So let's not go so, into like infinite detail right now because we've already done that. No, yeah. no, that's go right. listen so to that. Check podcast. out, check out <laughs> that one. So the first thing is. This is where, well, let's just super quick. It is yeah. where your baby's sleep cycles have matured in forever now. They've sli- they've mm. changed from that sleepy newborn to now an adult sleep cycle like we do, like we have. So they are waking in between their sleep cycles during the day, which is around 35 to 45 minutes, and two hourly at night. They're waking in between their sleep cycles. They need to know how to go back to sleep in their sleep cycles. However... Mm-hmm how you've put them to sleep in the first place at the beginning of their naps or at night, their night sleep, how they've been going to sleep. That is how they've learned how to go to sleep. So if they are being fed or rocked or whatever or dummy to go to sleep at the beginning of their sleep, that's what they want to resettle in between these sleep cycles. So this is why your baby is probably waking after 30 minutes because they are not resettling into that next sleep cycle. Mm. They don't know how to go back to sleep and to, to nap for longer. And annoyingly, 30 minutes is actually an awful time because mm. they've woken in their deep part of their sleep. And this is also a sign that they're getting super overtired. Mm-hmm. So. Try not to continue this because it is not good for anybody. No. So teaching your little one to self-set, to go to sleep by yeah. themselves, like use their own sleep skills at this yes. age is the best solution to this problem. But hand in hand with that is, as we've talked about, making sure that they are perfectly ready for sleep. Because even if your little one can self-settle, they're not going to nap for longer than 30 minutes if they don't need to. So give them no. that a decent amount of awake time, but make sure they're not overtired. And also, again, chuck on some white noise. Make the room really dark. All of this stuff is only going to help them in this situation. Yeah. It's never going to make their sleep worse. And if you've right. got a dummy. Go listen to that 
Oh, oh yeah. Godspeed. <laughs> Godspeed. If you've got a dummy, <laughs> we might be able to explain what's happening in question number eight. Ooh, so, question number eight. Oh, yes, I see, I see, I see. I was going to say, see? just if you've got a four-month-old, regardless oh, of yeah. what their sleep issue is, go and listen to our four-month regression podcast because we cover every possible scenario in there. Um if you've got a three to six month old baby, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, to be fair, I think. Four month sleep regression. My children both started the four month sleep regression at around 11, mm. nine, 10, 11 weeks. <laughs> just just yeah. all merged into one. So, yeah, go listen to that podcast. All right, moving on to question number eight Should I use a pacifier or dummy for my baby? Yes or no? Or is it yes, yes and yes no? Yes and no. It's yes and Ooh. no. Yes and dun, no. Dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So this is... Can be, yeah, that yeah. can be a blessing and a curse. It's, yep. it's so age dependent. So there are definitely some ages where pacifiers are freaking fantastic. Like very young babies. Um, and both Nikki and I used a pacifier for one of our children. Not ourselves. Um, each. Not ourselves. We didn't use it ourselves. <laughs> and so, I used a pacifier. Imagine. So, so we do know what happens, but yeah, I'll go yeah. through later on how I used my pacifier with my oldest because there is a tricky period where pacifiers aren't your friend. Mm. Yeah, so they're, like I said, they're really, they're very good for newborn babies to help settle them because the sucking reflex is very strong. However, as we were just explaining about the four-month sleep regression, you know, it can wreak havoc because if your little one is used to falling asleep with a pacifier, that's the only way they know to go to sleep. They do not have the physical capability yet to replace the pacifier in their own mouth themselves. So it's falling out when they're in deep sleep. It's lost forever. Yeah. They cannot push it back in. They call out to you. You have to get up 50,000 times a night simply to replace the pacifier. This is where we would say get rid of it. Get rid of it before you even before it's a problem. So before they're coming through this regression period. Then, however, once they sort of pop out the other side around <laughs> seven, eight, seven, eight months old, they do start to have that physical ability to yep. put the pacifier back in themselves. And you can very easily teach them to do this themselves. And then you're away laughing because then it's a great sleep tool once again, once they know how to replace it. Just make sure you have about 25 pacifiers in their <laughs> crib so they can always find one at any given moment. Or use one of those cuddlies that attaches a few pacifiers so yes. they can reach can for that all cuddly. Different kinds. All yeah. different kinds, where they, yeah. Where they sort of Velcro onto the cuddly so it's easier so the way, to find. The way that I used my pacifier for my oldest child who had severe reflux and everything, so a pacifier was fantastic <laughs> for her. As a newborn, it stopped the crying the majority of the time. And so... When we hit the four-month regression, though, and she started waking because of the pacifier falling out of her mouth and not being able to put it back in, what I did at that point is I changed the way that we used the pacifier. Instead of putting her to sleep with the pacifier at the beginning of her naps, I gave her the chance to self-settle first 
And if there was something extremely wrong and she wasn't going to sleep, then I would pop the pacifier in, but that would happen very rarely. So she was able to self-settle. And then if for some reason she wouldn't resettle in between her naps, I would quickly go and pop the pacifier in and she would resettle really easily. So between that four and seven, eight months old age bracket, she was self-settling but just using the pacifier when needed. And then from eight months old, I taught her how to put it in herself. And then we are stuck with it. So you're stuck Mm. with it now until at least three years old. Mm -hmm. Do not try to get rid of the pacifier until you are prepared for no more naps ever again, Mm -hmm. because this will 100% get rid of your naps if you get rid of the pacifier. And so you're keeping it until they've dropped all naps during the day. And just after they drop that nap during the day is a perfect time to actually get rid of it. Hopefully you've talked about, you know, hopefully you've talked about the the pacifier theory and you've actually (laughs) planted a seed that if your child gives up the pacifier, they can get some sort of reward. And this only also is able to be like, they're only really able to understand this sort of reward situation after about three years old as well. Yeah. Mm. The concept of it. Otherwise prior to this, they just don't understand it. Um, Mm. So after three years old, right when they've dropped that daytime nap, hopefully that's exactly when you want to get rid of the pacifier And I can tell you what, getting rid of a pacifier was much easier than getting rid of a thumb. Oh, don't even. Because mine still sucks her thumb. She's eight in a couple weeks. Yeah. You can't throw the thumb away. (laughs) You can't throw the thumb away. And dentists out there will be screaming and yelling at us. But I can tell you what, getting rid of a pacifier at three years old, their mouth does reshape, their roof of their mouth does come down and it, their tongue goes into all the right places and all of those things. And their teeth, their jaw widens because their tongue is pushing on their mouth because they don't have a pacifier. And it is much easier to do this at around three than trying to get mm. rid of a thumb, um, for sure. So yeah, I think we've covered pacifiers. Shall yes. we move yes, on to question right. yeah. nine? Mine, my baby, my baby is six months. No, my baby's nearly eight. My baby is six months and started waking 45 minutes after going to bed at night. Why? Why? Your six-month-old uh, baby. Yeah. The so, old 45-minute wake. Uh, the 45-minute wake. Now, one. this is likely due to needing to drop a nap at this age mm-hmm. because they are going through a bit of a transition here. They may still be on, well, if they are still on three naps a day, this will be 100% the reason why Mm -hmm. they are waking after 45 minutes because they are treating bedtime as another nap. They're not tired enough to go to Mm. sleep for the night. So again, check out that daytime nap structure, check out what's going. Now, there are a couple of other reasons in here why your baby might be waking after 45 minutes. And this goes for any age, actually, not just six month old. But for mine, it was always when they were getting sick. 
So it might have been like maybe two or three days before I even saw that they were really sick or before they got a fever or a runny nose or whatever. But my children would always wake after 45 minutes and that would be my first clue as to something is going wrong. And I would always look back on the past few days and go, is there something going on? Has this happened more than one or two nights in a row? What might be going on? So... That's sort of why I think they're waking after 45 minutes. Nikki, do you have any other reasons yeah, why mean, they might be? It, it could also be linked back into the nap structure. Even if they've dropped that third nap, it could be to do with the timing and length of the other two naps. So at this age, what you would be aiming for is a short morning sleep and a quite a long lunchtime sleep. And then sort of awake by about 2.30, 3 o'clock and aiming for a 6.30, 7 o'clock bedtime. If they've dropped down to two naps, but the second nap of the day is quite late or for quite like quite a long time later in the day, and they're only having, say, two hours until bedtime, that will be why. So it's not only a case of dropping down to two naps a day, but you also need to make sure that they're happening at the right times because, again, they're not going to be tired enough to stay asleep for bedtime. Yeah. Okay, Last question. Last my question. My two-year-old. Last question. My two-year-old is taking forever to go to bed at night when she was previously a really good sleeper. Help. <laughs> Send <Ooh>. help. <laughs> Send help, all right. Two-year-old. Yeah. Mm. Well, okay. So the first thing, have a look at their naps. We're yeah, basically half on about the same naps. thing. Um, naps, naps, naps. So it's possibly it's the solution that... for everything. Yeah, it really oh, is. Now, so why do people not understand this. <laughs> I know. Um, it's so easy. Shorten your child's nap if they're still sleeping two, two and a half hours. Have a look at that and cut it down, and hopefully and that sure will it's help. Not too late in the day or too yeah. early in the day. Yeah, it needs to for be sure. across that middle of the day, like right in the middle of the day. Give them a, a nap there, but but not for too long. Yeah, not for too long. So shorten your nap and that will hopefully help. No screens before bed, obviously. You know. Yeah, well, that's not that obvious. Some people sort of no. at this age, the two-year-olds like to watch Coco Melon. Oh, God. <laughs> and to be Melon? fair, it's not all all children that actually, like, I can, yeah, my kids can actually watch TV right before they go to bed. But, you know, yeah. it will definitely affect your two-year-old and be mm-hmm. stimulating them and it will mm-hmm. affect their ability to fall asleep. And I asleep. mean, even things like no sugary food or drinks before yeah. bed. Like they don't need an orange juice before bed or a, a hot chocolate. And like just have a think about what's going into their body because at this age, they, they are so, sugar is like speed to them mm-hmm. at this age or like caffeine. No caffeinated beverages. They don't need a Coke, like a soda. They don't need... Anything that's got sugar or caffeine before bed. And I think as toddlers, sometimes we start to get into the habit of, we'll give them dessert or they can mm. have a juice because they're not a baby. But it's, it's, that stuff is so critical. It's definitely making them wired. They're going to be bouncing off the walls. That is why they're not sleeping. So make also sure check, that check what time you're giving them dinner as well because their yeah. body does need time to actually digest. process and digest their food and especially if you are giving them dessert and custard or whatever, you know, check that's not too close to going Bedtime. to sleep because mm. 
I know it's pretty hard to go to sleep on a really full tummy. So have a look at the time that you're going to sleep. So if you if you've if you've oh. got all this stuff spot on and checked it all off, and your two year old is still fluffing around at bedtime, I'm sorry, but they are just fluffing around at this point, and they're doing yeah. it because they get a reaction, and, and this that's what massive. They want massive behavioral things that will be going on with a two-year-old they've started to realize they've got a bit of sway with you that Mm -hmm. they can pull on your heartstrings they can ask you for milk because they they know that that will give them an extra five minutes of being awake you know so if you do need to break any of these behavioral habits then there is a couple of things you can do you can do check-ins which is where I did this, I used this strategy like when my children now are fluffing around, <laughs> yeah, I'll just I'll put them in bed and then I'll say, I need to go to the toilet. I'll come back and check on you in five minutes mm. or two minutes or however long it is you think that your child will be able to ha- handle. Now, hopefully they're still in a crib or a cot at this age being yeah, two years two. old. Keep them because there. <laughs> if they aren't, Godspeed. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because at least in a crib, they're confined. They can't get out. Whereas a two-year-old mm. will get out. They just will. Yeah. So because they can. So you can you start doing check-ins. Tell them that you'll go and check on them in five minutes. Now you need to go and wash your hands, and you just make up every excuse under the sun. You say that you need to get a drink or whatever. You just need. You will come back and you will check on them, but extend that time every. Every time you go in, say that you're going for a little bit longer so that they they get bored waiting for you and they will eventually go to sleep. Now, yep. once you get to the morning, you make out that they have cured cancer with how amazing it was that they went to sleep when you came and checked on them. So it also gives them the confidence that you actually did come back and check mm, as well. You didn't desert them. So this is a good strategy them. if... Yeah, if you if your little ones fluffing at bedtime is purely behavioural or habit, you know yeah. we've we've got to break it. This is a really good way to do that, and this also works if your child is older and getting out of bed because it encourages them to actually stay in their bed and wait for you. Yeah. All right. I feel like that's all the questions we have today. Amanda, we've actually covered quite a lot in there. Yeah, we have. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. Hopefully that's been helpful for some or all of you. Please check out other podcasts. We have a lot more sleep advice, literally every sleep topic under the sun. And if you're in need of further help, please visit us at littleones.co or download our app from your app stores because we can guide you through any sleep challenge you're facing from there and we would love to do so. Thank you again for joining us today and we will talk to you in the next episode. This is Little Ones, the sleep manual podcast.